Howdy, everybody, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Fab Five campaign here on the Random Rhapsody Network. As always, we are live streaming our sessions on twitch.tv first, and then we'll be uploading the episodes to YouTube and podcast one week later. If you enjoy what you see here, feel free to follow and subscribe here on Twitch, and you can check us out on Facebook as Random Rhapsody TV or on Twitter as Random underscore Rhapsody. Now then, when we last left off, the Fab Five had decided to join an expedition led by their old comrade, Tomas Rothen, to infiltrate the lair of an important member of the Cult of the Dreamer, the mysterious figure known only as the Dream Witness. While the first few days of travel had gone quite easily for the Fab Five, the, group, uh, the group's fortunes took a turn for the worse as a large storm front rolled in, severely limiting the fishing vessel's ability to travel. Most of the ship's crew were forced to go below deck to man the oars while the Fab Five worked with the captain above deck. While they did succeed in securing the ship, the strength of the storm continued to grow and eventually the ship was forced to cease its travel altogether. The ship dropped anchor and came to rest not far from the outlet to into a lake. And as night wore on, Eloise, with her perfect perception, spotted the silhouettes of over a dozen winged creatures, barely illuminated by the lightning, and were flapping their way towards their ship. Eloise and Cheeky Clouds raised the alarm, summoning forth the rest of the Fab Five, minus a snoring Nycteros Vale. And the ship's crew um, hurried out as well to defend against the large flock of harpies that came bearing down upon them. During the battle, both the ship's captain and Liam ended up being charmed by one of the harpies' songs, and both actually jumped overboard in an attempt to get closer to the singer. In the end, only a few of the harpies managed to escape, though quite a few ended up falling into the water and was swept away by the current. Once their companions were back inside the boat, the Fab Five set about removing the heads of the harpies for their collections. And so, Fab Five... You finish collecting your trophies, and the captain begins ordering everybody about, clearing the deck of the harpy's remains, and checking the boat for damage from the attack. The ship's crew immediately begins their tasks, and, um, and in, though it, it's fairly certain to you all, as, as you stand there, that the yellow-skinned tiefling expects each of you to help out as well. As you all set about to help, a thought comes to each of your minds, a question for you all to consider. And with the 52 you guys rolled before the session, the question that's on each of your minds is, if your character was granted a single use of the wish spell, what would they use it for? Blood, you rolled the dice, so what would you use your wish for? Well, I think it's kind of obvious for him. 
he'd probably wish to go back to that day and talk his brother out of going. He's not going to just automatically wish and say, hey, it's not going to happen. But he needs to, because he won't take away his brother's free will, but he would wish to go back and argue against his brother going to that to the Elven Kingdom, resulting which resulted in his death. So he'd replay that day. Stop it from happening. Okay. I dig it. Going back to to fix uh, the mistakes of the past is always something people wish for. Uh, Liam, how about you? Beer, 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 tiddly beer, beer, beer. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's about right. You'd wish for some beer. I mean, you, you have a jug of, um, of uh, that, uh, that, uh, an alchemy jug. That does, I, I will remind you, make beer constantly. And you, you guys never, ever use it. I think last I session was the first time you used it in a while. I suppose since I have li- unlimited beer, I'd give my wish to someone else. I have everything I want. Oh, you just give some random person a wish. That would be hilarious. Um, nothing bad could possibly happen from that. Of course not. Um, Apollyon, how about you? Oh, you know, I would wish to go back to the mountaintops in a grand mansion with me and my beloved, Mr. Oliver. Oh, my biscuit. We would just live happily ever after. We would have great Danes in the front yard and pumping iron in the back. Oh, yeah, that would be the life. Yeah, that that pretty much tracks for Apollyon. I dig it. You and Biscuit, your love, uh, living the good life. I like it. Okay. Well, with that in mind, these thoughts kind of weighing on you, on your your heads as uh, you begin cleaning up and, and helping the um, members of the crew about the ship. It's still very early in the morning. And the rain doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. The darkness all around you is very thick, illuminated only by the lanterns strewn about the ship. You still have maybe three or four or so hours before dawn, and you are all chilled to the bone by the cold spring storm. And so, Fab Five... What do you guys want to do for the remainder of the evening? Well, if it's cold as shit, Liam's probably going to go inside. <clears throat> Who is left on uh, left doing doing their watch? I don't remember. Shit. Uh, probably the last person to roll perception. You know what? I think... I might have been on mine. Because I think... Yeah, well, because I know... No, it might have been somebody... At, well, no, yeah, because I think I went last. I chose to go last on the watches. So I think that's when we got attacked. Ugh, there's so much text. It doesn't, it doesn't go up far enough. I think yeah, it maybe it was either mine or Eloise's. Because somebody well, rolled like a 20. It was, an Elo- it, 20. it was Eloise's roll. Um, she's the one who spotted the harpies. Well, then I guess I would have, my watch would have been next. Okay. 
So everybody, so everybody else um, heads off back to bed. Um, Blood, you take up watch one last for the last watch of the evening, and the captain herself is actually taking this watch. She seems fairly untrusting of the fact that her ship just got attacked again. And so she can't blame that on us. I can't say that that's our fault, but. Do you say that out loud? <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what she's. I mean, if she says something out loud, he would respond. He goes, you know, that I don't see how that is our fault. She actually doesn't seem to be interested in talking. Um, she's taken up um, the um, her position at the wheel. Waits for you to take up your position. And honestly, she, for the most part, she pretty much ignores you during your watch. Well, that's rude. But I will uh, just sit there at the front of the ship and just kind of be writing in my little wrist uh, wrist pocket notebook and Okay, just sure. uh, keep to myself. Go ahead and roll your perception check. That's 18, not bad. Okay, 18. So for the next couple hours, you stand at the foot or at the the front of the ship, looking over the the edge, watching the horizon, scanning with your cat eyes. And with an 18 perception, it's dark, it's stormy, the rain is slowly beginning to let up and get a little bit lighter for you. You're straining with your ears, and the rumbling of the thunder is beginning to lessen as well. And it seems the storm is beginning to move on. You do see a bit of movement out there, but as you kind of watch with your eyes. You occasionally see a fox go running by through the grass. But beyond that, it's a fairly quiet evening. You're cold. You are chilled to the bone. And you pull up your hood and try to shield yourself as best as you can from this rain. But as the last few hours of the evening push on, that rain begins to die off and it is replaced by a low moving fog that seems to roll in of course it does coming in from the north oh so it's coming from the forest um no the forest is to the um like west view okay so i guess this really isn't indicative of where we are where we can't see a shoreline or like we're traveling down the mississippi yeah, it's like traveling down the Mississippi in the early morning. You're getting yeah. that that weak fog that's coming around. You can see the you can see both sides of the river as you're moving as you're sitting there in the middle because you are currently anchored. But, oh, that's right. um, but you do have some visibility. So it doesn't look like it's spooky magical fog. It's just the normal run of the mill shit. Yeah, it's just the normal run of the mill big river in the middle of the continent fog. That's we're not getting sucked into Barovia. Good. No. It's this is something you and I and all all four of us have seen many many times living in St. Louis. Oh yeah. So. All right. 
Well, he'll just kind of keep note of little creatures he can kind of see running along the shore, maybe if they get a chance to go hunt for something. He knows there's game out there. Okay. So as everybody begins to rouse and um, wake from your slumber, you all come out on deck, find your... Excuse me. Find yourself in the similar situation, that low fog over the river. There's very little wind, and what there is seems to be blowing in a southern direction. Telling you that probably in a few more hours, this fog will at least be pushed away. The captain in her position um, uh, says to keep the sails raised. And once everybody is um, had their breakfast provided by the dwarf rigger, most of the ship's crew go down to the um, lower deck and begin pulling out the oars to begin to set off for the day. Apollyon, uh, you're called upon to uh, hoist the anchor. So if you could give me an athletics check. I think he just stepped away from his keyboard. Of course. Of course. You want me to give an athletics check? I heard yes, you. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. With a 23, you grab the uh, rope that's the, uh, the anchor. Ah, there. Uh, uh, Apollyon, with your 23, you grab the rope and begin pulling it up, your muscles bulging at, with this easy, easy feat. Everyone just watches in awe as you hand over hand pulling up that rope until you just drag the anchor up onto the ship and you just stand and turn, holding the anchor upright, up into the air, and you yell out this triumphant roar. And everyone's just kind of watching you like, Dude, you just had to pull it up. It's not that yeah! yeah, I see you looking at these. All of this. So, Vale, um, you awaken from a particularly fitful slumber. You had slept all night long and are feeling quite good as you step out onto the deck and see Apollyon holding this anchor up above his head. What the heck is going on? They say, uh, good morning. Pauline, I see you're getting your morning exercise. You know it. Ah, I must have been out for a while. What did I miss? Damn winged ladies attacked the boat. Ah, what a shame. I definitely would have helped you with that. Unfortunately, I was out of commission. Don't worry, we handled it. Nothing old Apollyon and Blood and Liam can't take care of. Ah, as you should. Fucking bastard. I don't know why. I just... Oh my god. God, I love Vale. Anyone? Anyone? Like, on the deck of the ship? What's that? Are there still dead harpies on the deck of the ship? Um, you guys cleaned those off. You had taken the heads the previous evening. 
and um, the captain had ordered you all to clean up the ship and, and dispose of them. So, what did you do? Uh, okay. What? I think we just pushed them off the side of the boat. Probably. I was just going to show Vale because he likes dead stuff. Well, you still have the heads. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm admiring the heads. Uh, I'm looking in the uh, bag of colding and admiring the heads, giving you guys a nod of approval. And I don't assume that's something you could eventually raise dead with, is it? Does it have to be, or would it? Or, I mean, it'd be out? a. If it was a skeleton or a full body, okay. I'd be able to, but it wouldn't be. It'd just full be wings, regular yeah. zombie, zombie or. Um, Skeleton statistics, I believe. <sighs> All right, I want to say let's push on. With the uh, with the anchor raised and um, all of the crew now um, using oars, while the captain guides the ship, the boat does lurch off and begin begin its journey once again towards Laveri. So. I'm going to have you guys make some rolls. Here we go. So we're go I'm going to need somebody first off to roll a D8. And one more person. Okay, perfect. So Liam and Apollyon both rolled their D8s. Next off, I'm going to need somebody to roll a d20 Ugh, eight. one more d20 Veil? Yep, Veil, that'd be you Ooh. Okay. Let's hope that's not a bad Getting that nat one out of the way, I like it Yeah, that was a natural one <laughs> Interesting so, as you can t begin to pedal or uh, or your way, I don't, I don't know what's the correct nautical term, but row, anyway, row, yeah, row. That's it. Thank you. I'm an idiot. Uh, thank you, fisherman. As in row, row, row your boat. Yes, yes. that's right. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Anyway, you guys, I'll begin. The ship begins rowing forward down down the river, and as it does so. Over the course of the next hour or so, you are continue to be plagued by this low, patchy fog that seems to permeate the early morning. This continues on for longer than you're expecting, and as you continue on traveling for another hour or more, blood, since you've been sticking to the front of the ship, keeping watch for the most part. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? Seventeen? Okay. With a seventeen, after about an hour or so, like I said, you see a small rowboat appear in the f beginning to come out of the fog. Ahead of you, about 50 or so feet in front of you, which is just at the edge of your field of vision. Gonna have that ballista 
primed and ready to go, just in case. Okay, you go running over to the ballista, load it with a with its big bolt and cock it back. And as you're watching, it's beginning to draw closer towards you. You begin to see the shapes of three figures. Two humans and a gnome. One of the human, the male, is particularly old and has a bald head and you begin to see a large bushy uh, goatee around the front of his face. Think Master Roshi without the glasses. Um, uh, real quick, I, I can't see anything. It's all black for me. Hmm. Try sliding your character. There's two of you it's out there. Yeah, too. it's because you you pulled yeah. off, you pulled out of the character. Hold on a second. I pulled I pulled one. Well, it was black anyway. I figured if I put a character on there, I could see, and it was still black. There you go. How's it now? Can you see now? Perfect. So, yep. Um, I'll take one of the guys. Or is there still only one guy on there, or do I have two? I mean, no, I I removed the other one. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. Um, everybody else good? Can see? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Oh yeah. Um, the the woman seated in front of him is a, a dark-haired younger woman. Um, or olive skin, um, seems tanned a bit. And she is uh, there rowing along with the gnome while the elderly man sits behind the three. Once they catch sight of your boat, as you're kind of aiming that cross the uh, ballista down, the old man stands a l half stands a little bit and calls out, oh, Hello there! We mean you no harm, friends, and we hope you mean the same. We are members of the Order of the Blue Heron from Bradfordshire. I've never been there, bud. I couldn't tell you what it is. But we've had some trouble had on the river. Trouble on the river. So I'd strongly suggest right. you not do anything untoward. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, hearing that, lean next to blood and uh, whisper, Do not let them on this boat. Okay, you do you know these people? I'll explain later. Do not let them on this boat. Well, I you just don't have to shoot them. Go ahead and make a stealth check for me because it seems like you're kind of trying to be quiet about this as you say it. Ooh. 15, not um, great. So as you're saying this, um, the voice calls out again. Um, hello, we are we are traveling to Valena, seeking aid. We we mean you no harm, and if you do not attack us, we are happy to just continue on down the river. Please, we mean you no harm. Well, like I uh, said, I'll reach out and, uh, push the push the crossbow up. In the air, like so, it's not pointing at them anymore. Not saying anything else, but just pointing out of their direction. Okay. Saying they've said they mean us no harm so many times, I feel like they mean us harm. And most distrustful of them as well. Uh, and at this point, you can see the the two um, rowing are kind of pulling back and going, 
trying to get a little bit of a distance away from your boat. We don't really care who you are. We're just sailing on down the river. Very well, then. I mean, it's not my ship, but as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you're just people. They seem to be just rowing a little bit to the side, towards the, n the north side of the bank. And they begin trying to row around the boat. If you guys aren't going to do anything, they will eventually just make it to the other side and move fo move on. I'm going to look through um, Jareth's eyes and try to see if I can see anything that they might be concealing or um, if there's anything out of the ordinary with with them. Okay. Go ahead and make a perception check with Jareth. It's a shame Eloise isn't here today. Come on, bird. Use her as the voice of reason. These eyes. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another sixteen on perception. <laughs> and yeah, with yeah, it's a sixteen. With a sixteen, you can tell that these three individuals are hurt. They all have bruising about their face and bodies, and uh, their clothes are torn in several places, and Jareth can see blood in a few small places around their bodies. They look beat up, like they've been through the ringer. Um, the elderly... Like they look almost like, like a fireball would finish the job? Hard to judge, <laughs> just, but possibly. I'm just kidding. Hard to judge, but possibly. <laughs> Um, they definitely look worse for wear, like they've seen some shit and are trying to get to, to get away from it. Uh, I guess what Fireball I is always a solution. It's not the only solution. I mean, uh, yes, distance, I remember that. From the distance, would Blood notice that they're kind of roughed up? Go ahead and make just a straight perception well, uh check. I mean, I would tell you, too. I, I would walk up um, to where you are, and I would say, uh, explain to you what I saw through Jared's eyes. And with the owl flying overhead, you can see the old man stand up, and he's holding his hands out, his empty hands. You don't see... You see a staff, or a two, probably, under in the boat itself, underneath, and a small, couple small sacks. But um, apart from that, they don't seem to have anything. I see you so, had some trouble yourselves. Is... Yes, in, uh, indeed we have. A terrible, terrible tragedy has befallen our monastery. One that is well out of our depth to understand. How far from here is your monastery? <coughs> Quite far. Bradfordshire is several days north and to the east of where we are. We are planning... Uh, we, we came to this river to travel to Valena to seek out the aid of the Erudite Conclave. Mm. You see, a, a pair of ancient and revered relics were stolen from their resting place within the monastery. A tragedy in and of itself. 
Unfortunately, before we could begin to attempt to recover, a horde of wraiths rose up from the crypts beneath the monastery and attacked us. Ah, how you've you had my curiosity. <laughs> now you have my attention. How did these weapons prevent such a thing from happening before? No one knows. They've the relics have been a part of our monastery since its founding. We did not know these wraiths were beneath us. And yet they rose and slain many of our number in the initial assault. We were forced to flee from the crowns. And although we've tried numerous attempts to retake our monastery, even with the assistance of hired mercenaries, we have failed to retake our home. No matter how many wraiths are destroyed, more seem to just take our place, and we are at a loss of what to do. And you said this is a great distance from here, to the north and the east from where we are? Go ahead and make a history check, I think. I'm wondering if, I guess, Apollyon and I would have made it that way. An 11. Yeah, you've never heard of Bradfordshire before. You're, you're not sure. Well, I was going to say, I think someone might have mentioned it, but I don't recall enough to say that Blood would have heard that word before. Uh... Out of game. Out Joe of game. Knows, but I can't remember if he has yeah, actually said that. I'm pretty sure it's never really come up. Yep, so, doesn't sound familiar. And, and with a with an yeah. eleven uh, with an eleven history, it's nothing's coming to your to mind. Yeah, big guy. I don't think we made it that far. We were uh, kind of getting away. Uh, I don't remember stopping in a monastery, that's for sure. Hey, quick, oh, no, how's it going, buddy? Done that. They wouldn't take you. Uh, uh, how, I guess, how far from where we are is it to Valena? Um, I'm so, how far is it to Valena? Yeah, because uh, yeah, they said they're going there as well. How far to get there from where we are? I saw it, quick. Thanks for the help. I will make you a mod at the end. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we still got right. another two days of travel. Um, it, was, it was two days yesterday. Um, it will be... It, it, I believe it takes... It's, you got one more day of travel. No, no, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. You're right. You were anchored. So you do have basically yeah. have a, a full day and a half of travel. Because, I mean, knowing that Liam just whispered, hey, don't let him on. And then he knows that they're fucked up. It's conflicted. But he's like, uh, this isn't my ship. Uh, maybe ask the no captain do it if quick. we can render aid, but it's not my decision. We are just passengers on her ship. Are you at, what, are you, what are you asking? He's just telling him. He's like, I mean, you seem like you might need some aid. He's like, this isn't my ship, but we might be able to render some healing. But, you know, maybe not let him on the ship. But maybe, you know, Eloise, since she isn't with us, we could just have her role-play that she give them some healing meds. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm fine with spells. that. If you want to say you, you call them over and 
they you throw down a rope to allow them to at least get alongside the ship. Throwing mm. down a, a rope ladder, um, Eloise at least scurries down and begins casting healing. Uh, yeah, uh, just on it. Because I figure it's like it's it's not his ship, so he can't definitively say, "Hey, come on aboard." But he's saying it's like we have a companion that can maybe at least heal your wounds, so it's an easier trip the next day and a half. Any help would be appreciated. We don't have much in the way of provisions, but uh, Port Valena is only a few days travel, so we sh I'm sure we um, will make it before long. I'll give him some rations too, because she doesn't. She's not a ranger, so she doesn't have good berry, does she? Or does can a do druids get a druid like that? can do that, but they have to prepare they it. Don't, and yeah, not knowing what she knowledge. has prepared, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to puppet her too much. I think if Eloise were here, it'd probably be a lot different, but she's oh, yeah. not here, so we're just going to go ahead offer okay. them healing. And yeah, I mean, I've I've got well, listed ten rations, so I'll at least give them you know five to get them there, and I can always get something else. Okay. And so as they're closer to the ship, uh, I'm going to see if I can get a closer look at that rod that he had. Um, it, there's a couple quarter staffs at the bottom of his boat, is, is what it is. Um, hold on a second. Okay, so it's not like uh, you know a magic rod or anything. Um, are you casting detect magic to figure that out? Uh, well, I'm just going to go by what I could see. Um, in if you give me. Uh, a minute or two, I could roll a perception check or, or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Investigation, whatever you need me to. Go ahead and make a All perception. right, so uh, continue to um, talk. I'm going to be back in my truck in about two minutes. Okay, no problem. So anyway, uh, Eloise does uh, administer healing to them. Um, blood, you give them the rations, which they do gratefully accept. Thank you very much. Um, Liam, what are you doing when they come close to the boat? I am getting away from the edge and tipping my hat down, not saying a word. Okay. You want, like, a deception check or something? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Well, they may not wouldn't see them. They're not coming up on the ship. 22. Liam is nonchalantly just leaning up against the one side of one of the smaller masts. His back is to them. His hat's down. He's got that straw in his mouth that he's just chewing. And his probably foot is up against the, the back of, of the mast. And he's just kind of in, in his own little space and ignoring everybody and trying to be as innocuous as possible. Um, and but the three do not make it onto the ship. They stay right where they are. And they accept what aid you're offering. Eventually, they do let um, let go of the rope and push off. Um, with a seven perception veil, yeah, it, it looks like a, just a couple basic quarter staffs. You've seen you've seen Liam use them plenty of times, and it's just a, a carved stick. All right, good enough for me. So, you said you've run into some trouble uh, at your old monastery, but these wounds look a little fresher than that. Have you been having trouble here on the river? Well, the, the river is a very dangerous place. We have had our fair share of runnings. We've, we've been attacked by griffins and hoppies already, and it's been just a couple of days. There are many dangers along this river. Be safe friends, and we thank you all for that. 
for your aid. You too. Well, I mean, we're headed to Valena, so we might end up seeing you there. They're going the opposite direction. Oh, heading, I thought they're they're heading. Oh, wait, they're heading to Valena. Sorry, I thought yeah, you said so, uh, yeah, Laverne. Sorry, I thought you said Laverne. Oh, that's right. We're going to Laverne. Yeah. yeah okay. So they're going. Go oh, they're going back to the port. Oh, well, yeah. they're going oh, to get the fucking two ships crossing uh, in the night, bro. Uh, two different directions. Called, uh, yeah. They're going against uh, they were talking, the fucking current. That's the word I'm looking for. Current. Yeah, that's why they're having such a hard time getting where they're going. But well, maybe he should. Fucking walk. I'm going to uh, suggest Mitchell's as a pl as a place to visit. Maybe Eloise can give him a flyer. She <laughs> sure, why not? Eloise gives them a flyer, and they both, uh, thank you. We will. These are poor people. They have no money, and there he's just <laughs> he's looking very confused at this thing that you've handed him. <sighs> Yeah, so they're going, oh, well, I, all right, yeah, I'd say let them go. We'll wish them well. Okay. And they push, push off from your boat and begin to continue to row the opposite direction from you down, down the river. As soon as they are gone, I'm going to be like, all right, what the fuck, bud? Who are those people to you? Uh... The last grift that I pulled was on the Order of the Blue Heron. Oops. So... Okay. I, I, I may be responsible, but who, who's to say that Wraiths weren't going to attack them anyway? There's no way of knowing that. So... Uh, he, he mentioned that... It was just a passerby. He mentioned when two relics went missing is when it happened. Is that what, uh, was that your grift? Your job? <coughs> they, they were part of the grift, yeah? All right, all right. I'm not, hey, I, can, I have absolutely no room to talk. I cannot judge you. And I also lean in and say, I've done worse for less. It's like, hey, you were there. He and I dug up bodies and we got attacked by two wraiths, so I can't judge. Gotta do what you gotta do. But the issue is, is they are going to talk to the conclave that we just left and we are partnered with. Just, hey, uh, let the just, conclave uh, talk like this. Back in Bradfordshire, <coughs> I spoke completely different. Had a different look to me. They wouldn't recognize me now, anyway. Uh, you're definitely wearing different clothes than when I met you, so hopefully they won't be looking for you in particular. But I tend to change clothes rather frequently for reasons like that. Yeah. So, ah, right, well, I'll uh, I'll keep you secret. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. Hey, they are partners. Hey, they are partners. Who wants to go fishing? Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, I do, I do. Sure enough, um, the afternoon does begin to creep upon you, and eventually the fog does lift. You all kind of glance back, and the, the rowboat full of monks that you had met 
quite a distance away. They're out of eye shot. But, you know, something to think about. And as I'm sure, no yeah. doubt, Liam, your thoughts are lingering on what the, the monk had said. You all um, eventually gain a little bit of wind, picking up the sails and letting them drop down. And you are eventually allowed uh, to have poles passed out. And if you want to, you can go ahead and fish. I'm fish. Although sooner or later, Blood does want to try bow fishing, but he's not going to day. I mean, you can certainly try. I have no problem with that. Well, I mean, he's crossbows, fires, doesn't exactly fire bolts. And he doesn't no, want to bust out the... He's got a bow and he's got arrows, but he's just going to chill. Okay. So are all four of you fishing? Well, I yeah. won't. Well, well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try. try. Yeah, I'll... Okay. So everybody who wants to try... Um, your poles are passed out, bait is given, and all of you cast your your pole, um, your lines over the side of the ship. Everybody give me a survival check. Who's going to be fishing? Okay. So, Liam and Napoleon, both of you trailing your lines for the better part of an hour. Eventually, you both get um, bites on the end of your hook. Uh, vale, you continue to just wait patiently. You continue line, to wait just patiently. Great, just uh, at least tell me to roll. So, I'm not Yep, so I need both Liam and Apollyon to roll a d20 for me. Wow, I rolled another 13. Okay. You both snag your lines and begin reeling as hard as you can. Reeling and reeling and reeling and reeling. Roll for me athletics checks. That's a 10. That's wow. a 9. Wow. Liam... You continue to um, reel in your fish harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And eventually, your line comes up, and there you see a very small fish called a tiger barb wiggling on the edge of your hook. Apollyon. Apollyon. You're reeling and reeling and reeling and reeling and reeling as fast as you can. But as the hook rises above the water, there is nothing on it. Fish has slipped the hook. Dang. Dang. Hey, Gerbarb, go back to the oceans once you came. It's not yet your time. Okay. You guys all want to try again? I want at least one more go, yeah. Yeah, one more and I'm done. Sure. Everybody go ahead and roll survival checks. Why? I rolled a five. Apollyon, you cast your line. Oh, I rolled a seventeen. You cast your line out, and it drifts along for. The, you just sit there for an hour, 
drifting along, and you're kind of more focused on the grassy plains out before you than you are on the your hook itself. But in that time, nothing seems to bother you. Liam and Vale, both of you managed to snag uh, fish on your hooks. So go ahead and roll a d20 for me. Fifteen again. Eighteen. Okay. Um, both of you now make for me athletics checks. Uh, that just pushed past an 18 to a 2. <laughs> Liam, you're reeling in as hard as you can, as fast as you can, but your line snaps, and you just feel that jerk as the fish breaks free. Vale, you I got do 15. Manage, you do manage with your 15 to get your fish up into the air. And as you look down... What you see is a fish called a datnoid. It's a medium-sized fish, um, kind of uh, bit of a tigery-looking fish, I believe. But it, it's it's an edible fish. Not a whole lot of meat on it, but it is edible. Score! I uh, got that thing up and get it ready for a. Uh eating and as you uh, take it down into the galley to begin preparing your fish kind of funny thought comes to your mind huh wonder if you could animate this yeah probably not <laughs> but yes he would definitely would definitely like a a uh, undead fish as a pet that'd be nice if he had a place to store it, that would keep fun. that keep that in a bowl or something. Or I guess it doesn't need water anymore. <gasps> Dude, what were those fish that fucking hung on the wall and oh, sang songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big mouth bass. Yeah. <laughs> keep the morale up. <laughs> Take me to the river. No. But. Um, the day um, winds day up, what? and eventually uh, day turns to night, and eventually everyone settles in for a decent night's rest. So, who wants to take first watch for this evening? I'll, I'll take uh, first and second. Okay. Okay. I'll do first with Vale. I'll do the last one. Pollyon? Uh, I think that's the third one for you. Yeah. Third one for me? Okay, I got it. Okay. So, everyone all heads off to bed. Uh, Liam and Vale, you two sit down to share the first watch of the evening. Go ahead, both of you, make perception checks for me. Six. I was taking a drink of whiskey while I was looking. My bad. Wow. <coughs> I've got a three. I've got I was a... also taking a drink of whiskey. 
So we rolled a two and a one. That's beautiful. Now it's alright, guys. Wow. So, the two of you leaning up against the, the railing of the ship, you're passing your flask of whiskey back and forth, drinking throughout the evening, laughing to yourselves, having a grand old time. And you imbibe quite a bit in the two those first two hours as with the two of you passing them back and forth. Um, the person who um, was piloting the ship while you guys were drinking is the tabaxi, Cheeky Cloud. And you kind of all see her looking on in disgust at the two of you, and she just kind of shakes her head a little bit. You, you don't hear any, whatever it is she mutters, but you definitely saw her lips move. But the first two hours. I don't watch, I care. But the first two hours of your watch go by relatively uneventful, and you don't see a goddamn thing. You're much more interested in that whiskey. But Liam, you head off to bed. But Liam, you wobbling. You know what, Vail? You're a pretty good guy. <laughs> I give you a nod and a smile and say, "Off to bed with you." I say, uh, send uh, blood up here. If you wanted second watch. I'm no, I'm last. I'm next. Yeah, but that's the last uh, thing he told me. So. Fuck. And sure enough, blood, you are roused as Liam drunkenly steps in and begins shaking you, waking you up to tell you to go on next watch. It's not my turn. I guess it's How do you know you're sleeping? Yeah, yeah true, but I know it. he's waking me up. He was taking first watch. Fuck, I'll get up, yeah. <laughs> Just... And Liam, you kind of tumble into your hammock, um, drunkenly beginning to snore almost immediately. And Blood, you go out on deck to see a rather tipsy Vale standing there on the edge of the um, railing. <sighs> I say, hey, <coughs> how was your cat nap? I'm not supposed to be on watch yet, but I'm guessing it's a good thing I'm out here because you are not doing much good. Hey, Liam left this for us, and I I show him a bottle of whiskey that has a, a quarter of the contents left in it. I, I don't drink anymore. I'm going to let you handle that. See, as, as Liam would say, Suit yourself. And he's, he said he's leaning on the rail, or is he, like, up on it? He's probably leaning against the side of it. You know, sitting a little well, bit. Is he in danger of going over? Does it look like? Um, Vale. I wouldn't think so, but who knows? <laughs> I'm gonna say, you know what, go ahead and just make a acrobatics check. As you're kind of sitting as you're on, on the side of the screen. Okay. As Eloise reminds me, you're better than water. That's a 21. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're fine. You're you're sitting there, quite comfortable, not too worried about the I, edge over there. I was about to throw down a sleight of hand check to tie a rope around him to the side so he doesn't fucking go down. But if if he seems sturdy enough, nah, he seems sturdy enough. Uh, nah, Drow can hold their liquor. <laughs> yeah, we hold it in our bellies. 
He'll just kind of start walking the perimeter of the boat. And you said Cheeky's still. Is she still out here? Um, no, Cheeky went okay. off to bed. It is okay. now the human Winu's turn. turn oh, the the guy that the big ass guy that goes yeah, huge. The guy that goes huge. And it, well, it'll just walk by and be like, "I'll keep an eye out." He is useless right now, so I want to make sure he gets some sleep. Send the elf to bed so he doesn't tip over the side. Yeah, I probably will go collect him and be like, Hey, your watch is over. You did great. I'll go take over. Go ahead and make a deception check for me. Oh, god damn. He's a drow. He's going to be fucking, like, proficient in that shit. Oh, seven. <laughs> Vale, go ahead and make an insight check. Can we at disadvantage since he's drunk? Oh, my god. He got a ten. <laughs> <It's> so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's bullshitting you, but you know what? You're also kind of wobbling there, and bed doesn't seem to be too bad of an idea. Just I'll take over. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go against my better judgment, and I want to stay up for this watch. I'm gonna stop drinking so I don't wake up with a hangover. Okay. Well, uh, Blood, go ahead and make a perception check. Uh, vale, you make a perception check at disadvantage because you have been drinking. Oh, that's a nat 20 with a 28. So I see colors. I, I, can, I can hear the colors. That's yeah. a 7. <laughs> yeah, Blood, you, you know what? Uh, for tonight, the skies above looks like... Uh, it's just uh, an amazing Van Gogh-style uh, painting. You see the swirls of the colors around the, the stars in the sky. And you, you see the wind moving through the trees. And there's owls hooting in the distance. And there's quite a bit of animal chatter. With 28, you see everything. Rabbits running through the uh, tall grass... Uh, foxes chasing after some mice or something. You can also Any... see far, far in the distance to the northeast, just barely going past the moon, the um, the moon, the moon which is right now probably about half full. I think we're oh, in God. that part of the month. But anyway, I digress. You can see a shape go across the moon in the distance. And it's big, comparatively. Oh, shit. But it's also very far away, judging based Stay on... Stay away. Yeah, no dragons tonight. Go ahead and roll a survival check. 21? That's a really good roll. 19 on that roll. The wings weren't the shape of a dragon. More like a bird. Ooh, ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> I don't want to fucking face a rock or whatever the hell else shits of the fucking <laughs> Federation. Ugh, this that, probably could give him a little shudder. I did say it was to the northeast, the, the mountains. Oh, okay, so it's on the other side. All right. Okay. Good. As I say, he doesn't know too much about that area. He's going to yeah, see it's something huge. And realize that he doesn't want to mess with it. Yeah, you kind of pull out your map of the area, and you're looking at you're basically right there, um, halfway between the, the second lake and Laverne. 
You're probably mm -hmm. going to be reaching there tomorrow evening. Yeah. Um, you judge. And probably those mountains way there to the north of Laverne, that's about where you saw it. Mm. And oh, hey, look, further to the east of the mountains, it's Bradfordshire. Hey, look. It's our, It's where we met at the Crossroads Inn. Yep. Well, not all of us. Well, yeah, you weren't there, but... All right. Well, he'll take note of that, and he's writing everything down in his little wrist pocket journal, keeping a detailed account of their journey, so... <coughs> Indeed you do. So, now that we are beginning the second day of... Uh, of oh, wait a minute, no, you're still into your second one, sorry. You still have... Um, it is yeah, I guess... Third watch. Who is doing third watch? That was a Apollyon. All right, so I'm going to go go down to uh, my my room, my quarters, and um, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I feel like I have, but uh, I'm going to reassert um, control over my my zombies in the in the portable hole. Uh, I feel like I feel like I've said this before, where you know, so I don't have to say it every time. Uh, we'll just assume uh, we'll that's what I do if I have the spell slots for. Yeah, yeah, he's said that before. Yeah, I'm fine. With okay. All right, and then I'm going to go to bed. You head off to bed. You cast your spell into your portable hole once again uh, to control your zombie horde. Um, the room you guys have been sharing is was the captain's quarters. There is a single bed in one corner and then a bunch of hammocks that's been strewn across the walls to give everyone a place to sleep. So you, you get into one of your hammocks and roll to one side and eventually doze off. Um, blood... You go and wake up Apollyon and let him know it is his watch. Um, you were supposed to take the fourth watch. Who's going to take the yeah, fourth watch? Yeah, I know. I... Blood will do that Blood one. Blood will do that one. Eloise will do it. Yeah, but she's not here. She rolls something. We don't want to get her into a fight. Well, Apollyon, go ahead and make your perception check for your part of the watch. All right. That's a four. Hmm. Oh. Apollyon, you are tired. The day just kind of wore on you. It was kind of boring. And Lifting that anchor takes it out of you. Yeah, you just kind of sit down on some crates, look out into the sky, and soon just fall right to sleep. We're boned. It was the the halfling Ainfly who took up um, the wheel while she while um, while for this speck of speck goddamn for go. this speck of the uh, watch and eventually she begins nudging you with the edge of a broom and you awaken to see this little halfling pushing at your face with a broom. Behind her, you can see the captain staying at the wheel, looking down at you. Get the fuck to bed! You're a worthless. Falling asleep. Oh, oh. Yep, guess I worked too hard. I need some sleep. 
Let'll go out for another watch. Okay. You do go out for He'll another just be watch. Tired the next day. Yep, you are gonna be tired the next day and, and suffer a point of exhaustion for not getting your full sleep. But you do take one last watch, so go ahead and make a perception check for me. Oh my god. Fuckers, it's a net one you for nine. Are exhausted. You know what's sad? It's a net one. And it's still better than anything failing a poly and her old. That's true. That is true. God damn but it. But sure enough, you are just exhausted and you're having a hard time stay awake. And even with the captain comes down and kicks you at one point to wake you up, you are just exhausted and they're having a hard time keeping focus. The day, the evening wears on and eventually all of you awaken once again. Blood still exhausted from your evening's watch. But all of you come out once again, have a bit of breakfast, and the day is yours. I'd like to do a little training with the old uh, dwarf trainer fighter guy. Absolutely you can. Go ahead and make your athletics check. Oh, rolling shit. That's a five. Yeah, you know, a full day in the rain. All of you soaked constantly. It's wearing on you, and you're getting a bit of a cold, you feel like, Liam. As you're trying to work through the forms with with your uh, dwarven trainer you're just you're not getting it and there's a few times that he smacks you in the side of of you with his uh, the, the side of his weapon to wake you up and get you focused again but you're just having the toughest time in the world can I make a second roll so whiskey it couldn't be any worse um, that's probably you guys all kind of settle in for the uh, for the, for the uh, first part of the travel. So I'm going to need you guys to roll for the day. I'm going to need two people to roll d8s and two people to roll d20s. I'll take a twenty this time. Rolled an eight. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, a six on a D eight. Yep, I need one more person to roll a D eight. Get him. Pull up the right fucking page. Seven. Uh, okay. Get yeah, don't fucking do that. That's oh. the, the day begins with another storm pushing in. The clouds that seem to drift away are back towards you with a northern wind once again, pushing back and rain, a heavy rain with a light breeze begins to come in on, on your boat. You're all chilled to the bone once again as these, this storm just hammers down on your boat. 
I'm going to uh, hole up in the uh, captain's quarters and start and continue to read the uh, book on the Orcish language. Okay, you can absolutely do that. Go ahead and give me an intelligence check. Or actually, add, you can add your proficiency to that. So, what, whatever intelligence skill can add, you can use to add that. Uh, it's a twenty-two with intelligence. If you want to add the proficiency, it'd be a twenty-five. Okay. Oh yeah. You sit down on the edge of the bed in the captain's chambers and pull out your book and begin to read it over. And it's just coming clear to you. The way the words work together, you're memorizing the same phrases over and over and over again, committing them into your memory. And you're getting you're getting the language pretty well. It's going to take you some time still. Um, you, you still have still have some weeks ahead of tra- of reading, but it is definitely becoming more and more clear. Excellent. Fortunately, there's enough wind that the boat is able to continue on, and you all spend your day drenched as the boat continues on, heading east towards Laverne. Blood, since I know you like to stay to the front of the ship, um, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? You said I got a point of exhaustion? Yes, you did. So that'll is it. So it's at one point. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you're you're gonna be rolling this at disadvantage. Ah, <sighs> it's another net one. Nine. <laughs> Nine. I'm gonna go up to the captain and uh, just just be all like, hey, I need something to do. I'm freezing here. Give me something so I get moving again. She looks you over and says, You can man the lines. Hold them taut and firm and keep keep the sail pointed into the wind. That way we that way we can keep a good uh, headway going. So you run so down you run down into the um, center of, of the boat, the- grabbing onto one of the lines of the sail. And you can see Winu on the other side doing the same. You grab, grasp that line, holding it on for dear life. Go ahead and make an athletics check for me, please. So many athletics checks. I need strength. Oh, God! It's a two. I got a four. Yeah. You, you're pulling as hard as you can, and the rope just is its slick. With, uh, with the rain and everything and you're a little bit hot and your hands begin to sweat and you feel the rope ripping through your hands giving you rope burn along them taking... Go ahead and roll a d4. Taking three points of damage as this rope rips through your hand the rope goes flying out from your grasp and the side of the of 
of the sail begins flapping in the breeze, uh, pulling back, and Winu, Winu on the other side is holding on for dear life, and he's screaming, Grab the rope! Grab the rope! Can I Bennett's check to go grab the rope? Absolutely you can. There it is. 27. Okay. You jump up onto the railing, reaching out, grabbing onto the rope, and you just brace yourself against the side of the rail, your heels digging backwards, you're leaning back a little bit as you're pulling on this rope, and you begin pulling it back onto the deck. You pull yourself back, and you hold it. You wrap it around your arm a little bit, and you're pulling with all of your might. But it's slipping. Your, your feet are beginning to slip. Does anybody want to try to help him? I'll run over there and help him. Okay, Apollyon, you go running over. Give me an athletics check. Okie dokie. Oh yeah, absolutely. 17. Oh, yeah. You run over behind, um, behind Liam, wrapping your muscular arms around him. You're both wet, glistening from the rain, and he, you just hug your body to his and begin pulling backwards, back as hard as you can, and holding him there, keeping the, the sail taunt, and you catch the wind once again, and the boat lurches forward a little bit, and you're back on course. You're, you're squeezing me a little tight there, Polly. I got you, buddy. I won't let you fly off into the wind. Not too tight, I can't breathe, buddy! <laughs> uh, I, want leave fan, I want fan art of this so bad. <sighs> Liam had a more comfortable look on his face when there was a dragon spraying stuff out and killing his friends. He was more calm in that scenario than he is with Apollyon and his rippling biceps around his shoulders. Uh, there's definitely <laughs> something rippling right there. But sure enough, you, you manage to hold fast the sails, the two of you together, in an almost titanic moment. The two of you are standing here, holding the rope. Hold and the, the boat does lurch forward and continue on its the boat does lurch well. forward and it's the perfect pain the perfect one gigantic stage up to you is it <laughs> life is a joke my friend life is a joke but sure enough you continue on for most of the day keeping the the sails going and keeping the boat going as far enough as it can. Eventually, as the night falls, Blood, go ahead and give me one more uh, perception check. Still at disadvantage. Gonna be great. Uh, actually, 17. Shit. It wasn't bad. Yeah, not bad at all.
Okay, so you're looking out amongst the plains, and in the distance, you spot a small, uh, a small herd of deer running across the open grassy area. You kind of watch transfixed, looking at this, thinking to yourself, "Hmm, if only I could sh get that fence." You see the deer. Oh no! grassy area. Are we going to get hypnotized? What's that? I said, not the deer in the grassy area. Are we going to get hypnotized by him? That's a different game, man. Probably. Oh, Probably. oh. But what does happen is you're watching this deer kind of uh, hopping through the grass. They come to a little bit of a ravine. And at, you're all watching, transfixed by this as this big group of odd-looking fish-like creatures come running up from the ravine, attacking these deer. You recognize these creatures as bullywogs. Odd, ugly-looking creatures. And they're jumping out of this ravine, spears drawn, and just savagely attack this herd of deer. Mm. Vale kind of like, says to himself, but out loud, huh, good for them. I'm sorry, I said they're fish creatures. Um, they are frogs. Like frogs, creatures. yeah. yeah. Uh, that was my mistake. Oh, at first, and I was like, oh, they're cool. Now, these are look frog-looking creatures. Um, amorphous, about four-foot uh, green creatures, uh, wearing mostly leather skins uh, and carrying stone spears. But they tear into this herd of deer. Does it look like they are uh, coming after us in any way, or is it just they're all over these deer? They're just all over these deer. No, they're, they're just, just all after over the these deer. deer. Yeah. All right. I'm not too cared about that. You guys rolled a uh, random. Monster versus animal on on the day roll. <laughs> so just something you witnessed and you choose to do something about it if you want to. Uh, the old NPC versus NPC. Basically, yeah. It was on it was on the chart of I made you guys and so yeah. Anyway. anyway. Uh, yes, the play to the bullywog. It's fun to watch them attack. Eventually, the evening does progress on, and night begins to fall. You guys all sit down, have a nice meal, get yourselves ready for the evening's watch. Is there anything you guys want to do before before the, um, you guys all head off to bed? Uh, nope. Just taking it in. Then, uh, who's taking first watch? I'll do, um, you know, the first and second again. Sands the whiskey. Okay. Yeah. 
Blood's taking the last watch this time. So he can get his sleep. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, Vale, go ahead and make your perception check for your first uh, two watches. You know, you sit down. And um, the first roll was a six. Go ahead and make your second. And the second was a three. I guess I really wow, want to get whiskey. Really yeah. You're sitting down, relaxing, pretty much ignoring everything that's going on. You, you pull out your book, and you're, you're kind of shading it in your cloak and reading more of your orc uh, language book. And as you sit there, you kind of zone out. But fortunately, there is the captain there, and the first two watches go by relatively uneventful. What the hell are you doing, Clint? I'm looking for where the moon is with my Starfinder app. <laughs> oh, I got oh, a nice. Uh, um, I, I saw a rise. It was huge this morning or this evening. But both I forgot watches. my cameras on you guys. It's okay. all good. Um, it, your first two, your two watches go by uneventful fail, and you go and wait. Who's taking third? Third one. Okay, Gapalian. You take third watch. Go ahead and roll perception. Seventeen. Seventeen. You're, you're keeping watch. You're leaning over the side of the deck, looking out amongst the um, waves of the river and into the, the grassy lands beyond. And you do see something out there in the distance. Blood had seen before the shape of a bird going across the moon. And you see the same thing. And you're just looking out and you're marveling at how huge this thing is. Because it goes across the, the moon and leaves the silhouette, almost like the bat signal. The bat signal. Wow. That's interesting. Apart from that, your watch does go by relatively un uneventfully, and in your watch, the rain finally begins to let up. Blood, I think. Okay. Blood, I think. You're taking less. You're. Mm. Can Blood skip a watch, and I take a watch since he's exhausted anyway? Well, my exhaustion should go away now, since I slept. Yeah, it is the last one. Yeah, it is. It's it's up to you guys. It's. I tell I tell Blood, uh, all is quiet, but there's some big birds flying around here. Yeah, saw them. Uh, saw them last night. Kind of hope we don't run into it. <coughs> so. Yeah, didn't seem interested in us. 
As far as I could tell. Fucking huge, regardless. We don't want any trouble with that thing. Go ahead and make your last perception check. That's 21. Now that Apollyon has uh, gotten your attention, you look up to the moon, and sure enough, you can see it as well. You, you're, it's, it's hard to tell because it's such a big thing, but you do see every so often a bit of a shape dipping over into the moon. I'm telling you that it is still out there. It's there, yeah. And we're much closer, or are we still probably good distance away from it? I mean, it's it's hard to tell, but it's not above you. It's not, like, directly above you. It's, it's mm. a decent ways away. Mm. Hopefully it stays there. But the rest of your watch goes by fairly smooth. And it is the start of a new day. You all wake up once again, see the day before you, and realize that by early this evening, your ship will be coming into the port of Mavera. So you all kind of sit there having breakfast and thinking about that. Um, you have time to plan for that arrival, but... As it is 8.30, we are going to go ahead and take our break for this evening. We will be back in about 10 minutes or so. About 10 minutes or so. So stay tuned, everybody. So stay tuned, everybody. And you will be here before long. you will be here before long. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to the Fab Five campaign. When we last left off... The Fab Five was slowly making their way down the river towards the port of Laveran. And finally, the last day of their journey is upon them. Before them, they have one long day's journey and will be arriving in the port. Estimated late. Well, not maybe not that late, but at least early. But so, Fab Five, who wants to make the last roll of this journey to see what your day is going to be like? I'm going to need two people to roll d8s and two people to roll d20s. I'll do an, a d8 again. I'll do a 20. Uh, that 20. Okay, I'm waiting for one more D20. Interesting. Okay. Your Dave 
begins with a clear and light breeze coming in from the west to the east, filling your sail and giving you a decent headwind as the ship begins to make its way down the river. You find your ship picking up speed and feel fairly confident with your journey forward. Who wants to make a perception check? Definitely not Vale. Oh, it was a 12. It wasn't that great. <laughs> you spend, for the most of your morning, gazing out into the, the river ahead. And late-ish in the morning, you spot a decent-sized vessel sailing on the river, coming towards you, heading west. You all kind of call attention, and everyone's watching. And as the ship comes towards you for uh, closer and closer, you see a very lovely vessel, uh, a little bit bigger than yours, somewhat um, ornately carved, with the statue of a mermaid on the front of the ship. As it draws near, it raises a flag, a, a red flag with a, a yellow X on it. And the captain calls out, Merchant vessel ahead! She calls out to raise a flag as well, and a flag uh, rises up, which you all recognize to be a the symbol of the dwarven, the uh, Do the Dowern Empire, the dwarven hedgemen, which you guys have been in for quite a bit. <laughs> As the vessel draws closer, you do hear shouts come out. Ahoy there! Identify yourself. And you hear the captain calling back, um, naming the ship and um, their destination. The merchant vessel calls back that they are the Fair Trade, a merchant vessel heading to Valena and on their way to uh, Port Suliard. The, f the closer you guys get to each other, um, your vessel kind of moves a little bit to one side, theirs to the other, to allow the two of you to pass. And as they, you do, you're, you're all kind of watching out among the ship as it passes. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Give two people give me perception checks. That's anointing. Yeah. Fourteen for blood. You can see some of the the sailors on the ship, though it is a little bit taller than you. So you are still having a hard time getting a very good angle. They do seem nervous and, and kind of jittery, and, and they're they're watching you with more than your usual in interest. I would say. I'd like to roll an insight, see if they're nervous. 
Never mind, that's just a seven. I can't tell much. Yeah, it's hard to tell. You you don't deal with a lot of people like this. <laughs> they seem like they're clutching their weapons. You don't see them clutching weapons, but you can only really get a good view of them from shoulders up. However, they are definitely watching you and, and seem wary. Almost as though they're just they're just watching to make sure watching you're not going to attack. Okay. Well, I ain't going to attack. I mean, he's not going to. He's going to have his probably his weapon close by, but he's not going to attack him unless attacked first. Shame they didn't get a better insight. Or the captain says attack, then he definitely will attack. Boy, we're not pirates. But we're not interested in buying anything anyway, so have a good one. Okay. The two ships do eventually pass, and all of you kind of watch as they're watching you as the ships drift apart. Their ship was um, being rowed by oars, whereas yours is using your sails. And so you didn't really get a, a, a good look at anybody inside, but the people on deck were... They're, they're, it was... I don't know, there's something about it that you can't quite put your finger on, but you, you definitely can tell that they're watching as you do drift apart. However... It, the farther you eventually you do drift apart. And the ships eventually disappear from you. Hmm. Wonder if they know something that we're coming up on. They had to know either who we are or this ship is we don't know much about our cap. Son of a bitch, they probably had whiskey to sell. Oi! Well, you never asked, so you'll never know. But you guys do progress on, and as the day winds on to towards evening, blood, a voice rings out in your head, a familiar one. It has only a, hand, a handful of words. What's your ETA already? Uh, would blood know we're probably pulling up soon? Or will you have to ask? I think it was tomorrow evening. Is that what you said it'd be? Or no, this no, evening? Be there. I said this <laughs> evening you'll be there. Oh, this evening. Oh, this uh, back. We get when we get there. Psh, you're not my fucking mom. Well, I guess depending on if he could. I guess where is it? Mid afternoon, lady, or getting towards the evening? It's getting towards the evening. You have maybe a few uh, hours left. You we we should be pulling into the port inside of a couple hours here. Had some bad weather. And you, it kind of cuts off after had some. Well, I didn't say 25 words yet. I, yeah, I was counting there. I think I got it. Well, I was actually asking, I was like, do we know what time of day it is? Yeah, I, d I didn't count any of oh, that. Okay. I counted when you started. It's 25 words. It's not. It's a sentence. 
Anyway. As the boat eventually makes its way down, down the river, as night begins to fall, you can begin to make out the lights of the, the port town of Valletta coming into view. It's been a long and exhausting journey, but one that made at least a little bit profitable by all of the creatures you happen to come across. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Sir. Blood can keep doing them if nobody wants to. Oh, look at that. I have a plus Power. zero. 20, baby. Yeah. With that nat 20, you're looking out into the sky, up at the moon as it's beginning to rise up. And sure enough, once again, you see that same bird shape. God damn it. Flying around the mountains to almost perfectly to the north of you as your ship draws closer and closer to the harbor. With my 20 perception score, can I tell what type of creature it is? You're seeing a silhouette uh, in the moonlight. You can tell it is very large. Tell it is. I'll let you make a survival check to see if you can guess what that might be. Perhaps you've heard of a creature. Oops. With a nope, three, I rolled a six. Three. Yeah. That, yeah. With a, your six, um, you're not sure. You've never heard of any type of big birds like that. And that's what it is, a big bird, as far as you can tell. It's hard to tell, though, because it is at a distance. It's miles away, based on what you're judging with your nat 20. But it's out there to the north. But you all make you way, all uh, you all make your way up onto the floor deck, and watch as the port town of Valena does slowly start to come into view. Not Valena. Sorry, Laverin. We went the wrong way. You went the wrong you went way. You're back where you come. It's four more sessions full of this shit. No. But sure enough, you do come into the port of Valena. It takes a little bit of time, and as the ship finally docks in what is... Let me see here. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys... Do I have one now? Yes, I do. forgot to turn the map. I'll fix that the next time, but I'll show you guys in a second way. Just imagine that the river goes um, west to east, and you'll get the idea. But looking at the map, you do progress along the river until it comes to the dock side, a little bit there towards the far edge of the map. And as you do dock, you can see a wide and quite lively uh, port town before you. You can hear uh, sounds of singing, um, the clang of a very large village, and actually I have some music here that I can put on. 
There we go. You all come slowly into the port and dock at last. And as the gangplank is lowered, you all step off into the town of Blood. Or Blavere. Goddamn. Blavere. You're all looking around and you see a bright and lively port town. Very large, very active, and all seemingly made of this unique white stone. All around you, you see buildings made of granite and marble. Tall stone buildings, as far as I can see. And it is an impressive place. Merchants seem to be going to and fro from everywhere. And even at this hour, it's probably around 7-ish in the evening, available. There's a hustle and bustle to this place. So, Fab Five, as you stand on the docks, what would you guys like to do? Yeah, but the message that he sent to, um, he didn't really give us a location, did he? No. Just said we'd beat him here. He said to meet him at the docks? Well, here in, I mean, unless we've got, like, all that information, we have, like, the satchel and shit for him. If there's well, I suppose we could search the en entire city, but there's probably a better way. <laughs> can, I, can I just stand there with a sign, like, at the airport that says Tomas? <laughs> you can certainly try. <laughs> no, I don't want to draw that much attention. Uh, Is there a conclave location here? Make a history check. Bucket yeah, shit. Yeah, that's that's a net one for three. Yeah, you have no idea. You can ask around. Yeah, somebody with good charisma, persuasion check, so find someone in the dock and start asking. Eighteen for persuasion. I ask around the docks if there's a, uh, if there's, uh, oh, oh, what's it called, the uh, halfling. Not the. I'm not looking for the halfling. I'm we're oh, looking the, for the conclave. Conclave, yeah. Iridite conclave. Okay, so you walk up to an, an elderly human who happens to be walking along, uh, leading a mule, and. You call out to him, asking if there's a con an iridite conclave here. He kind of scratches yeah, his head a little bit. 
I'm afraid I don't... What, what is a conclave? They say they'd be more of, uh... Not quite law officials, but they would investigate big goings-ons. Is there anyone who does a lot of investigation around here? Well, the mayor is... Lady Edwin. She has plenty of guards who investigate things. Perhaps you should try them. Yeah, perhaps I should. You have a great day now. Oh, that was a dead end. So I see you guys all kind of just standing there at the edge of the dock, not quite sure what to do. <coughs> yeah, because I don't remember where we're supposed to beat him. Well, fortunately... I'll fully admit. What... What you guys were supposed to do. Supposed to do and as you kind of stand there for about 20 or 30 minutes, kind of just looking around, not sure where to proceed, you see a gnome walk up to you. And he just kind of puts his hands on his waist and stares up and down at Apollyon for a few minutes. Can I help you, sir? Nothing out of the ordinary yet. I see you've got bigger than the last time I saw you. It's him. It's you him. know it, baby. And he like kisses his muscles. And he goes, wait, who are you? Never mind. Follow me. He's going to take us where we need to go. Better, or he's going to die. The gnome, the gnome, the gnome, gnome, gnome kind of watches you all for a second. Um, as you guys were standing there, the chest that the conclave had left with you um, on board is brought down by the sailors on the ship, and are dropped down onto the dock next to you. Tomas, we got the package before you. Before uh, we take off and, uh, you know, get to the goings-ons. Uh, <coughs> do you want us to carry this? It's rather large. Yeah, you you carry that. That's more of your speed. Sure, I'll sling it over his shoulder, hand him the note, and start following him. So, so wait, the, this gnome is Tomas? So the, no, he's the halfling. This is Tomas, yes. Well, that's why I'm confused. Yeah. I thought he was a half. You're right. Tomas is a halfling, and this is not a halfling. This is a gnomish man. Oh. Graying hair, wrinkled face, wearing um, a green tabard over a blue pair of pants. But he did walk up to you as, as though he knew you. Gave you orders and then began walking away. Uh, yeah, uh, I started me falling. I'm still pretty sure it's Tomas. Who exactly are you? Later, later. 
just follow me. And he leads you all towards all. a nearby inn. Which you guys, as you walk towards, you see a very run-down looking inn. With a blue sign hanging from the front of it. That says, a sword of ice. The sword of ice, sorry. It's a bit of a neglected looking place. A little dingy, even with the white stone that makes up the building itself. And the odd thing is, the two double doors in the front are huge, massive, um, wrought iron wooden doors that kind of remind you of a dungeon a little bit. But Tomas, or sorry, the gnome, pushes his way through and walks into the, the bar itself. Yeah, I walk straight in. You all quickly are following the gnome. And as he, you all make your way in, you do see a very lively... Here, I'll, I'll kind of move you. I'll make your way into the inn, and the gnome very quickly just walks around the tables and makes his way up to the second floor. You all make your way up as well, and as you do, you find yourselves in the second floor of second. all eventually led upstairs to the second floor, where to, um, the gnome leads you through the main chamber to a southernmost door, which he opens and leads you all inside to a large table, with quite a few chairs strewn about around it. The gnome closes the door as all of you all make your way inside. And once the door is closed, he turns, and you begin to see a shimmer go about his body as he changes from his gnomish form to the more familiar halfling of, that is, Tomas Roth. I think you fooled most of my friends, but I could see your nose is exactly the same. I knew all along. <laughs> oh my! I've never seen such a thing. I figured you'd figure it out. Who else is going to come Tom up? Poolery. It's good to see y'all again. 
and I heard that it was you who was joining me. I let out a bit of a chuckle, I'm not gonna lie. Seems you all decided to join up after all. And I heard about what you did in the Druid's Grove. My condolences to you, Elvis. I know you were looking forward to seeing them. What's done is done. All we can do now is deal with the task at hand. I assume y'all have a package for me? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, hand over the package. You hand over the chest, and he opens it up, pulling out the cloak, examining it for a moment before setting it aside. Pulls out the rod, gives it a brief inspection before setting it aside as well. He does this with each of the things. The, the ruby in the bag. The notes he opens up, thumbs through it for a moment, and closes once again. Sets that down. I assume y'all want to know exactly what it is we're doing here. Wait, one second. Take notes. And I'll pop the notebook out and write down delivered package. And then notes go back. And that's it. <laughs> now we can proceed. Fair enough. Well. I suppose I should begin at the beginning. I had followed the Dream Witness Army. I head back to their, their army in Canada. And I followed the trail out over the river to the keep Brandon Beacon. Grovegal was there for quite some time before he sent out his uh, body companions and what I counted was of six wagons. Fortunately, I used that time to sneak in myself. And I was able to find some papers that told me of a sh group of initiates of the Dreamer who are to be taken to the Dream Witness. One second, I pull out this note. Don't you hate it when your 
Nope, won't open. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. The letter indicated that the ones being sent for initiation of, of the dream witness was being sent to a man named Rio Seidman, who is a merchant here in Laverne. This man, from what I've been able to gather, is a stone merchant here. Who has a, a mansion about eight miles northeast of the city? I've been able to ascertain here in the van that it's no secret where this man lives, and that he holds great banquets all the time for pleasure and sport. And I suspect he uses these to bring these initiates. To the dreamers. You have any questions so far? No, I'm with you so far. Do you know if one what of happens these, uh, to the initiate that go to the dream witness? Um, I'm going to go, Apollyon, first. You ask. Um, we know what happens to the initiates? <coughs> nope. <coughs> Sorry. All we know is that when the dream witnesses uh, meets with the initiates, their devotion to the dreamer becomes absolute. Fortunately, we do not know anything more about them. Who the stream witness is, what they are. All we know for sure is that they it is dangerous. Whatever they do, the people come back changed. And uh, is one of these uh, banquets happening soon? Indeed, they are, and that's why. I called for backup and assistance. Unfortunately, you all took a little longer than I was hoping. The banquet is tomorrow. And we have very little time. However, However I was what? able to make contact with an individual inside his manor. He said for a fee, he will get us inside during this banquet. The price is this right here. He holds up that ruby in the bag. You're sure you can trust the I'm not sure if you've been paying attention to what the army's aware of. But they're pretty well aware of all of our faces right now. As well as yours. Well, it's a good thing that I can disguise myself. As for the rest of you, well... I have a couple ideas. 
I'm sure Look. you can think of the ways yourself. But no matter what, we know that initiates of the Dreamer will be coming through tomorrow. Hmm. Our plan is simple. We must find out who this Dream Witness is, what it is. What it intends to do, what its purpose for these cultists are. This is the opportunity I have found. But, if you have any other suggestions, I'm all ears, boys. And, uh, Okay, uh, I'm guessing we need to do this as quiet as possible, correct? I'd prefer them not to know at all, yeah. And I'm assuming <laughs> your plan isn't to, uh, infiltrate as these dream initiates. It's some of the form. Well, I was thinking maybe something more along the line of the help. Because who pays attention to the help? Well, I do Only have plenty of big man there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like yeah. referred to as the help. You're a little, you're you're a little stand, stand out. Hey, he stands out. But if he were part of the muscle, part of the security, he'd fit right in. That's not what I'm saying when he stands out. I mean, he is a giant red minotaur. I mean, it's kind of hard to... I mean, they're, they're probably looking for something like that. Can we... Is this, Do anybody know any kind of magic to alter what he looks like? Yes, I actually do. Well, that's great. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, there's no way I'm going to be the help. Did you have something else in mind that you'd prefer to be in this fake situation? We could be visiting dignitaries. From where? Down on down on. And why? Why? I, I believe the idea is to go unnoticed, not to uh, announce ourselves as the most important people in the room. Well, that's that's the type of life that suits me. Y'all can sneak around if you want to. Now, I can change now, my I appearance, can... but I'm still small, so can't do a whole lot. Maybe Apollyon should be the lookout on the outside. I couldn't make you invisible. I can be. That's rough. Uh -huh. It only lasts for an hour. He still has to avoid people. <laughs> He's kind of big. Uh, I mean, I plan on, you know, putting a lot of different colors in my fur. At least change most of what I look like. Yeah, Vale, I've been meaning to say this. You stick out like a sore thumb absolutely everywhere we go. 
Um, you may have to change your skin color or everyone will stare. Vale just kind of looks at him with a narrowed eyes and agrees, kind of shrugs it off. I mean, how many people can you change at one time? I don't know magic, so I can't. Well, usually higher level spells do it more. I don't know what level spells required to do that, but uh, if Apollyon's the lookout on the outside, what did Vale want to be if he's not the help? But he's not that great look at yeah uh, he hasn't really thought that much ahead he just knows that he would not appreciate being the help he will if he has to but it's not going to be uh, he's not going to be the best help put it that way allow me, allow me to check my suggestion was to dress like the help and to move around pretending to but only to get inside once we are past and in in the area in the the mansion we will drop the our disguises and head inward looking for the stream with us or any information about it we are not meant to stand so, out there and just help himself or give people drinks i did not like that veil nods and he says that sounds like a plan, but I'm not hanging anyone's coat. I have to talk about that later, buddy. <laughs> you got some hang-ups, but yeah, no, don't worry. If anyone makes you hang up their coat, I'll hang it up for you. That's not the problem. That sounds good to me, then. <laughs> You know, I do believe we have a potion that might actually help Apollyon. Didn't we have a potion of diminution? One of those little shrink you down? Do you? How long That's... would it last, though? I think we... Yeah, we got a potion of diminution. Uh, I don't know how long that lasts. I think it's probably only an hour. Uh, damn. Let's see if we... Yep. Uh, 1d4 hours. No concentration required. So it could be all the way up to four hours. Well, does he want to be small for that long? I mean, it would. I mean, it would. Nah, I'd rather be big and be able to jump in when I'm needed. Well, this is the. This only has the reduce of the reduce and large effect. So if you drink, that's what I'm saying. So if you drink, you, you'll be small for one to four hours. It's not something you can like change. Can't make a decision. You just have to wait for it to wear off. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me, How no. exactly small would he be? Because I got an idea. Like child size. Could he, like, piggyback ride, like fucking Yoda style, on Blood's back, and he toss his cloak over them and be able to still get his benefit to advantage on stealth checks? Okay, so. It's basically the reduce spell, so uh, yeah. large reduce. So what reduce says is 
The target size is halved in all dimensions, and its weight is reduced to one-eighth of normal. This reduction decreases its size by one category, from medium to small, Aww. for example, until the spell ends. So basically, he would be uh, Tomas' size. Man. He's, he's not an action figure. I, I'm not saying he'd be that small. I'm just saying he'd be small. No, nah, Apollyon doesn't want to get small. He'll he'll stay big, big and strong. I've, I've been wanting to do that in my other game because we got a goblin, and he won't let me do it. So that's why I brought it up. Nobody's ever gonna let you do that. That's the <laughs> thing. I think it'd be fun to try it all. <laughs> uh, well, we, we need to change your look, buddy. I, I, I get no one go small, but you, I mean, I stand out. They know me probably in a lot of these places, but they definitely know you. So you, we have to deal with. Why, why do you think everyone knows you? I'm kind of <sighs> We're in the Federation now, aren't we? Well, let's just say I kind of got in some trouble breaking that one out of a gladiatorial prison camp. So we are kind of known in the Federation. Let's just say I think this is a big place and you think you're more popular than you actually are. Oh, it's trust me, it's not popularity I'm worried about. There was, and I told you this, there was a contract on both me and Apollyon in the Federation, and then mysteriously it disappeared. That's so it. someone paid it. There someone... you go. Nothing, uh, nothing to worry about then. You don't know how these things work, do you? I used to carry well, out Well, I know that if there's a contract, and then there's no more contract, then it's all set. Not exactly. The Federation but. is a big place. Wow. Well, there are syndicate people everywhere. Laverne is also a big place. Sure, there are syndicate people around. Not to mention, the Dreamers kind of have it in for us. Let's remember, Let's remember that, too. that. Which is why we're going in disguise. That's what I'm saying. He Nobody's going to be a giant red Minotaur us being there. There's millions of minotaurs. Right. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Alright, how about also this? He can't stop screaming his fucking name every time he walks into a new building. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll have to have a talk with him. I've, I've been with him for how, eight months now. You, it doesn't work. I've tried. A lookout isn't a horrible idea. You are kind of big, Apollyon, but if you Could. want to go in, we can disguise you too. At least a little bit. Change his color. Maybe. I was going to say, if he really wanted to do a lookout, and I would prefer he be with us, because he swings pretty hard. But if we have to go the lookout route, he could probably use those goggles, Mr. Vale. 
it's settled, he comes with us. <laughs> what goggles are you talking about? Goggles of night. They give you an extra 30 feet of dark vision. Dark. Oh, at night. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Rothen opens up the folder in front of him and kind of flips through the pages a little bit and pulls out a reasonable looking sketch of uh, the mansion, which I will give you guys next Ooh. week. Oh, you gotta make it. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have I was to like, Ooh. because I had a folder saved on my computer. And oh, the fuck! It, it's gone. I don't know where the hell it is. So. Yeah. I save everything in the same fucking folder for the group. So it's like. So I'm guessing that'll have like all like number of entrances and things like that. Just have to wait and see. Well, how I I guess would does Tomas know all this information or was this something the Conclave um, sent? As I said, he opens up the folder and begins going through this. The folder that uh, you guys never looked through as you're looking through it now is information about the merchant, about the the mansion itself, and everything that the um, Conclave Conclave. knows. And there is a bit um, that, that I can... The individual, as I said, his name is Ryok Segman, and he is a merchant of both marble and granite who works here in Lamer. The Conclave also reports that the goods he trades in are used to fund um, the um, activities of the local syndicate here in He is, like I said, primarily uh, a stone merchant who trades all up and down the river there, um, going out of Laveran. He deals in. He also deals in illicit goods and black market items. The folder um, informs you. He has a large villa about eight miles uh, northeast of the end of the town, um, looking out um, over the river itself. He has one consort who is always with him, a woman named Trasha. But other than her name... Trasha. 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 T-R-A-S-H-A? T-R-A-S-H-A. Trasha. So it's like Marsha, but with T... Yeah, right, um, okay. This other than her other name, than however, her name, however, however, however Clave uh, doesn't know anything about her. Um, he, they, actually, no. It does, it does also say that beyond living for pleasure and sport, uh, Trasha does assist, apparently assist Ryok in his business and uh, seems to be some type of aid to him. Ryok uh, throws very large masquerading parties from time to time um, here in town, and as I said, is, is one tomorrow. The banquet is a is it a 
It is a masquerade party. According there we to go, Apollyon. This I've Blood's gonna see that. He goes, okay, "Oh, buddy, man. we're dressing you up." Yeah, you're gonna look good, brother. Carnival. <laughs> there we go. That's our. That's right there. That's how we disguise him. The villa. Um, the notes describe as a place built like a fortress. Um, foundations of stone make up the most of this uh, brick building. All of the windows are barred. And over the front door, there is a huge wooden placard with a spear uh, and going through a boar painted in red on top, uh, which is Ryok Segman's um, uh, symbol. The man himself is a sweaty, fat man who tends to wear very opulent silk uh, robes. And with, um, as I said, the speared boar is his sigil that he wears pretty much on everything. The woman, uh, Trasha, Trasha, whatever it is, um, yeah, Trasha, very little is known beyond that. Uh, a rough description of a blonde-haired, middle-aged woman is given, but apart from that, there's li- there's really nothing else on on her by the company. With Blood Syndicate background, is any of this information, like the symbol, the name, would he recognize any of this from his time go ma- in the go underground? Ahead and make a history check. That's a 15. You know that he does deal in black market goods for the Syndicate. Um, you've heard his name before. He's you, You've never interacted with anybody directly from him, but he is known as a black market goods dealer who um, sends quite a bit of... Um, what's the word? Um... um Relics that, oh. relics that he um, secures through trade to, uh, down to the syndicate itself. He's a bit of a collector for this really Maybe that's that could be a way in. We do have a few relics of the Dreama that we have collected. It's, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's even something to get us in, but it's a possibility. And he'll detail how he's like, he goes, this guy oh, always sending a lot of relics down the river towards the syndicate. It's kind of his thing. I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Those things might come in handy. We're not going to ever need them. It's just an idea. It's just an idea. Well, I understand the purpose, but we've already got to weigh in. I'm just, I'm just I mean, stuck. push comes to shove, it could be something we could use. If we get trapped or hung up, or we need to devise another way out. I mean, if he is involved in both the Syndicate and the Dreamer Army, I mean, I can only hope that the Syndicate at large is not involved, and that this man is just kind of double-dipping and even betraying the syndicate by getting involved with these people, but I I never knew about them before we started really running into them. I only had the histories that my brother and I found. 
So it, I'm just hoping the syndicate isn't more further involved or we are in trouble. But you don't have a contract out for you, so why would the syndicate even give a shit? No, I'm talking about the syndicate and the Dreamer army. If the Dreamer? They are, this man is involved in both. If he is an aberration, as in he is the only one a part of the syndicate that's involved, which I seriously doubt, there's got to be others. But if the syndicate at large is involved with the Dreamer army, things are going to be a bit more complicated, especially in the Federation. I'm not, it's I'm not quite a deep. He's just a war prophet here. I hope. That's I hope. I have had similar thoughts. I have not been alive. Uh, Tomas speaks up. And that's why it's so important that we find out what exactly is the connection. If, like you said, he is working for the Dreamer cult, or he, we, we know he is, if the Cerulean Syndicate is, that's a much bigger army than anything we can handle. They are in every city, in every empire. They've already laid the groundwork to take down everybody. They have soldiers on the ground already. It, yeah. We we have to hope and pray that is not the case. I mean, I'm happy to be home, so to speak, but I'm also not happy to be home. I left for a reason. But yeah, if he's involved in any way, we we have to find out. I mean, I'm I'm all for actually. If it push comes to shove, I don't know if this would screw up a contract. I'm all for killing syndicate members, especially high-ranking ones. Not saying that's a good idea, but just saying, I'm not going to be upset if we have to kill him to get out of this. Well, we don't exactly have to put their heads into our bag, but it's not off the table. I would actually suggest not taking their heads. These are the ones... That's what I just said. No, I mean, it. not even collecting them for the money's sake, this is money I am more than willing to let let go. That's what I just said! But uh, he's looking over the other corner of the table. The (laughs) white-skinned maniac in the corner. It's like, we don't need to take syndicate heads. Probably not a good idea. I have to. They won't take kindly. We'll get you other heads, I promise. And he just looks at Vale. So. Uh, Vale, basically, what he heard was we need to take syndicate heads. (laughs) Shit, you fucking bastard. Goddamn drow! Goddamn drow! But he'll also wait. He, he nods to you and he says, I'll wait for your cue. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> he just always goes, I totally understand. 
like when no means yes, yes install he I hears. Read, I read what you're what you're what you're saying and uh kind of says I'll wait for you thinking the same thing. Shit. Uh all right, so this do we know how big this party is going to be tomorrow or is this there more than locals or are there other people coming in? Is that information you've been able to gather? As near as I can tell, quite a few people are coming to this party. A lot of locals. And I did hear one of their guards saying that someone was coming in from the west. A convoy, a new, a new group is what they said. I suspect it's a new group of initiates. Of initiates, okay. Just for a second there, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. I was hoping no leadership was coming. Fortunately, uh, uh. we don't know much of the leadership beyond Rovagar. We know they have contacts well, everywhere. We know they have people at pretty much everywhere. I guess he'll take a few minutes to detail the bard you know the meeting with the bard and the how much it rattled him that he was able to like the whole restaurant everybody was fucking a dreamer and he was saying it's like yeah that little bastard he's been following us for a while apparently he did tell you they were legion it's scary to wonder how many people are actually followers of this dreamer. Are they, you know, are they a part of every town? It's maybe. I mean, if they're syndicate, they definitely are. But that could be another way in. If this man is double dipping and the syndicate is not involved, I mean, as much as I do not want to go to that gladiator tournament, Apollyon, if you could win that and we could actually meet. The leader of the Federation, who is also by chance the leader of the fucking Syndicate. We might be able to turn them. And they could be a militia army against the Dreamer. Now, that is a massive if, and that is a pipe dream upon a pipe dream, but... Ugh, they would be a huge asset in that war. Apollyon. The idea of that tournament does sound juicy. It's hard to deny that. It's hard. Yeah. I don't want to miss my chance to compete. Gotta win my belt back. And I, I've got at least one friend. Probably a few I could probably call upon in the syndicate that could help us in that situation. But we would be very outnumbered in that city. Tomas kind of peeks his ears up when you mentioned this tournament. What's that tournament you said? Uh, I guess do we have that? We have that flyer, right? He gave us a flyer. Yeah, he of gave you a flyer. Yeah. Well, well, I guess if Polly, I probably didn't keep. It. Well, I mean, I'll if Blood has it in his bag, he'll pull it out and put it on the table and just tell him he's like he goes, yeah, the prize. <laughs> Is wasn't it one like favor? Do we? You do have it. It's in your handouts. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to. There's so many freaking different handouts right now. 
Train went in this expedition. Uh, oh, the Azure Championship, yeah. Yeah, the winner gets to be crowned the Grand Champion and allowed to make one request of Zahim. You know, of the Zahim, which is the leader of the Federation. Tomas kind of scratches his chin. You don't say. I mean, it seems like this is something that was planned, and I cannot imagine that the Grovajaw set this up for Apollyon specifically. But he said he will be there. It's interesting that you're bringing this up. There's one other piece of information I found while I was in Rani Vika. It ties into this tournament or it ties into Grovajaw? Al Ruun Maharan. Uh huh. Federation. He has a relic. He has a, dr a dream word. Ooh. I found a letter suggesting as much when I was in that keep. I was planning on oh. I was pl heading back to Galena and setting up an expedition to find that one. But if you're saying this championship is allowed to make a request... We could request the dream rune, and that is probably exactly what Grovejaw is doing. Seem to fit the facts. Uh, I am not saying you should or should not do this. For you and I both, it is dangerous for us to go back. Regardless of what these naysayers say, fucking contracts from the Federation do not just disappear. But, but yes, this, this is huge, buddy. I mean, I will be there every step of the way with you if you want to go. I'm not going to let you go alone. You and I have been in this for a while together now. That's right. I will not let Grover, Grovey Bear, as cute as he is, will not let him bring <laughs> shame upon my name. I will have my belt back. So, I mean, I will do what I can from the outside to uh, make sure you stay alive inside. Maybe I can figure out exactly what's going on there, too, but they got to think it's going to be crawling with dreamers. The entire fucking tournament. If you're, if you're planning on going to fight for the dream room, the more of you that fight, the better chances of, of one of you winning. Well, I am not fighting. But just out of curiosity... If we don't ask for the dream route and we ask for something else, doesn't it just stay with the highest ranking guy in the best protected place in the entire area? But the but problem the is, what if they are involved with the army already? I mean, that. I mean, that but if, then they're going to give it to them anyhow. It won't even be up for asking. Well, well the title, it's, it's really not a person, it's a title. I mean, that is the name that is given to every leader of the Syndicate, or the Federation, but they are one and the same. So who knows what will happen to it, but... I mean, I guess you could ask for something else. Do you have something in mind? No, I'm just thinking, is it safer in our hands, or where it is right now where they don't have access to it? <sighs> I would rather have hands on it. 
Yeah, that worked so well last time we had one on our hands. We kept it, didn't we? For as and we gave it away as soon as we could. Is that something you really want to hold on to, kid? Uh, Tomas kind of chuckles as he looks at you. I'm still interested in stealing the one we lost. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't find any writing about where it's ended up. All we know for sure is what you told us. That someone in robes took it from Grovagar and disappeared. Well, maybe they came to the witness. Stranger things has happened. Or maybe they took it and gave it to the leader of the Federation. Then why would they do that? I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, sir. I suppose we. He's trying to blame everything on the leader of the organization now. We'll just say more people have died because that man <laughs> said so than probably any other. Well, we have until the morning to decide, but we do need to decide how we're going to infiltrate this manor. Yeah, once we can look at the game, the floor plan, should be able to figure out a good way in. I can dress up like a servant, that's no problem. Well, we gotta find out what their servants are dressed as, too. Let me get those uniforms. You take one down, same size as me, I take his costume. No problem. Well, what about Apollyon? He's gonna need a little bit bigger. I'm only worried about mine. I'm not worried about Apollyon's. Thought I was gonna be the lookout. Well, I'd rather if something goes wrong. I mean, as much as the lookout would be beneficial. We're probably going to need you inside. Let's face it. When has anything gone that smoothly for us? Never? Will, you did <coughs> say this party is for some fancy folks, didn't you? Well, it is a masquerade party, so yeah, we could make you the bell of the ball. Oh, goody. Oh, Jesus Christ, I did not mean to put that in your head. Alright, we will make you look fantastic, but not so fantastic that everybody is going to just absolutely have to know who you are. You need to be amazing, but also forgettable in the same time. But I will act so coy with my mask and tell them, Ooh, you already know me, but I won't tell you my hey, name. I, have, you, have you noticed have you how, how Liam changes his voice? Are you sure you don't want him to look at? Let's just say it. Would you not rather have that big fucking double-handed axe with you? Or with, you know, I would rather have it on, you know. Can you change your voice? Can you do a character? And not the golden boy. Somebody different. Like, you know, like the silver man or something, you know? Well, yes, I reckon that I can. <gasps> I could real smooth like this. Well, that's good. You need to keep the... Yeah, but how about this? If somebody starts getting you excited, are you all of a sudden going to be busting out if you smell... I'm going to whoop ass on that jabroni. You better believe it. That's what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> Can, does anybody? I, I've heard of that spell, uh, Calm Emotions. Can anybody put that on him before we go inside so he is just chill as fuck? Nay. I think Mr. Vale might have some kind of herbs for that. Oh shit, we have a fucking. Uh, oh, now he will have air for at least 10 minutes. Judge, go with me here. Mr. Vale has a portable hole. We can hide a polyan in the portable hole. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> I don't like that idea. First of all, first of all, the hole's not yours. The hole's Vale's. Let's get That's that straight. Thing. Put him in it. You need to ask Vale's permission before you make any plans with his hole. I would only ask the same of any of my stuff. <laughs> any of your holes. You only said that so you can make that fucking joke. You don't actually care. God damn you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's from the underground. I'm sure he's probably into some kinky shit. He doesn't mind who's in his hole or not. We came from land down under. Uh, but yeah, as Speak soon as we get through that floor plan, we can make, we can figure out the route. I mean, how much do you know about the inside? How much you've been able to find out? Sweet. And we don't know what the dream witness looks like yet, so it could be anybody. Guys, anybody, can anybody do Heroes Feast yet so we have wisdom saves for, you know, advantage on wisdom saves? Because I have a feeling we're going to need that. Uh, piss off. You know we don't. <laughs> well, fuck. Well, I guess only clerics and druids can get that spell, can't they? And she's not she's high. Not high. And the gem-encrusted bowl worth 10,000 gold or something like that. 1,000, but still, she's not... I don't think she's a high enough level. I think it's a 7th level spell. Already, it's not gonna be not gonna fall for that one. You defeated a bunch of monsters. I don't know. We did like two sessions ago. Did just level to seven. Yeah, you did just a few sessions. <laughs> level to seven. I like I like the initiative, but it's no. But I, if you really want to know, when you walk away from the dream witness and the mission is complete, that's when you're going to level to 8. Hmm. You know, this is someone that Blood wanted to... <laughs> Can I get a quick uh, recap? Uh, sorry, I've been in and out a little bit. Um, what is our end goal of this um, soiree? Just to discover who the dream witness is? I think it's just basic in and out, yeah. To find out, um, to find out any information about the dream witness, to find out um, how the cult is working with this man, whether or not the syndicate itself is working with him, or if it's just him, where, what they do to the initiates when they arrive, and um, where they go from there. Basically, you're trying to find out any information about the cult whatsoever, and especially okay. about the dream witness. All right, sounds good. 
Yeah, because that was the person if we had gotten out of the camp before our bard fucked us. This is who we would have we would have come and seen this person already. Or been on our way, who knows if we would have actually got there. Ah, all right. Uh. Uploading a, a, a map. Wait. So, um, what Tomas does pull out is a hand-sketched uh, small map that seems to indicate a two-story um, villa, a front gardens small pool to one side, a few buildings that with dining room and kitchen, and a second story as well, indicating bedrooms, sitting rooms, gardens, that sort of thing. It's a fairly detailed um, blueprint that they have designed, which gives you a little information about the mansion that you're going to be going into. You can see there the ballroom, which is where the masquerade will no doubt be the foyer that leads into it. The outer gardens and where guard rooms are so on and so forth. It also notes that there is a basement to this villa. However, they do not have any information about it. That's probably where we gotta get then. I love a good basement. It does note that a recent addition was made to this um, this structure in the basement, and um, it was listed as a wine cellar that was built down there. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. So, as you guys are kind of sitting there, it's now 10 o'clock. I know we're all tired. Um, didn't want to do anything too crazy with um, Eloise gone. But you guys are now going to be able to sit down and decide over this weekend how you guys want to tackle this uh, in well, infiltration of so, think about that this week, and come up with a plan. Anyway, thank you everybody for watching this evening. We appreciate uh, you joining in with us. On behalf of everyone here at Random Rhapsody, I am Matthew R. Dawson. Have a great evening. We appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you next month. Good night.